Welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado for another week's catch-up on the trends and moves in agricultural commodity markets. My name is Olivia Agar, and we have a great episode in store for you today. It's all about grain markets. So we've brought in our go-to grain expert, Nick Booth from Next Level Grain Marketing, who's a regular contributor to Mercado's reporting, keeping our readers up to date with what's driving global grain markets and local pricing. And we've had some fresh news in the global supply and demand space to talk about today with the USDA releasing their WASD report earlier in the week. While there wasn't too much news on the wheat front, it's been a pretty bullish outlook on corn and soybeans with production downgrades and rebuilding of stocks in China that's driving the grain market. So Nick and Mercado's Managing Director, Robert Herman, are going to dive into some of that more today. But before I pass the mic over to them, here's Dave with a thanks to today's podcast sponsor. G'day. Today's podcast is brought to you by the team at Western Union. If you're looking to partner with an agribusiness specialist to optimise your cross-border and foreign exchange risk management, the team at Western Union Business will equip you with the solutions you need to send, receive and manage your international payments. Download their app from your favourite app store or head to their website for more info. Thanks for your time and enjoy the chat with Nick and Rob. Well, good day, Nick. Welcome back to Commodity Conversations, and it's um, very timely that you've uh, you've come back because I think last time you were talking to us, you know, things were a little bit uh, wishy-washy in the world markets, but they've certainly got some energy in them now. And uh, I noted in your report uh, this week that you were identifying some of those impacts. Um, just give us a bit of an overview, Nick, of how it's all going. Uh, thanks, Robert. Thanks for having us. Um... Yeah, look, I think on on paper, um, you know, wheat is still really quite comfortable. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a conundrum to see the prices where they are um, relative to production. And, and um, you know, you, you look at a few areas of concern in, in the... Um, in the US and South America and, and Russia being a little bit drier than they'd like. And it certainly lit a bit of a fire um, under under wheat pricing. Um, and uh, and now coupled with that, with the, the USDA report that uh, that came out on um, on Tuesday night, I think it was, um, we've, um, yeah, it certainly added a bit more um, impetus to, to, to prices. Of course, the USDA has a big focus on corn and and soybean and for obvious reasons you know they're massive you know you're you're seeing that they're driving a lot of this general market price aren't they it it seems to be i mean corn's massive um you know it's it's five times the size of the wheat market um and of the three main commodities you know corn beans and wheat um corn's really the granddaddy of it all um and, and obviously, since the, the introduction of um, renewable fuels, um, ethanol and biodiesel, that sort of added an extra layer of importance to corn and, and bean values. So what we've seen in the last USDA report was a... Um, uh, it was pretty benign for wheat, really. There, was, there wasn't a lot of um, uh, new news. There was a cut to Argentinian production. Russian crops, big crops get better, so they're, they're up about half a million tonnes. So there hasn't really been a lot of new news there, but but as you alluded to, um, corn and beans provided a little bit of uh, bit of a shock. Corn, from its October estimates, or only a month out, is um, they've drawn down something like twenty one percent of their stocks 
um, from from the October estimate and have increased exports um, by 14%. So we've actually gone from a fairly bearish position in corn to now seeing some considerable tightening of stocks and seeing that obviously um, being quite supportive. I noticed that you sort of separated out these stocks from, from what's in China and what's out of China. And I think that's a good way to look at it because we know stocks going into China aren't really available or they're not available, but they seem to be ramping up this uh, import demand. And um, what, what are you feeling about that? Are you thinking that this is going to um, new feed demand or is it part of building stocks or what, what do you see it? Oh, it's a good question. I mean, it's it's unprecedented the the level of of buying that they have been doing. You know, with with corn, um, the the expectation was that China would buy something like seven million ton of corn, and that was considered a really good size purchase. Now, um, the the estimates based on current demand it looks like they'll be importing something around 22 million tonnes. So there is a substantial rebuilding of stocks. They had drawn down their stocks over the last few years, but now it looks like it's a, it's a really significant rebuilding of stocks. Wheat is also, you know, they've, they've been big purchases of, of wheat, US mainly, um, and obviously they're buying a lot of, you know, soybeans as their, um, as their pig herd slowly recovers from um, swine fever. So if we're uh, if we're seeing that growth, I mean it, it is reflecting in price too, in in the corn price in the US. But you just mentioned wheat, which is what we're really interested in in Australia here. There's no doubt that that drag up on price from corn uh, has influenced us. What what sort of a difference are you seeing in the domestic wheat price over the last month that you can sort of attribute back to corn? And I suppose while you, you you're mulling over that, this price rally couldn't come at a better time because we're now getting ready for harvest, we're getting ready for a massive harvest, and um, it could mean a, a real windfall for a lot of our grain producers this year. Yeah, I think the, the rally in, in corn um, and beans has ultimately lifted wheat prices. I, I, I mean, when you look at, you go back a couple of months and there was, we were looking at record grain production for, for wheat globally, and Australia was having a big rebound, and you know, I, for one, didn't really think we would see uh, cash prices in excess of three hundred dollars um, for our for our growers, but you know here we are. We've seen a, a nice long run of of good prices leading into harvest, and now as we um, as we progress through harvest, so I think we are definitely seeing the the benefit of global markets rallying. And I think while we're perhaps Australia's excluded somewhat from from Chinese business, I think we are still benefiting. We're pretty competitive in price around the world as well, aren't we? I believe we are. Yeah, um, I think um, you know, with with you know China soaking up a lot of lot of uh, a lot of business, and with perhaps slightly reduced um, European production, I think you know Australia is is well priced. We should be able to pick up you know recover some of our business into Southeast Asia that I think we haven't been able to supply um, the last couple of years due to drought. Um, I think we should see good opportunities. I think we recently picked up a, a good lick of business into um, Saudi for wheat. Uh, I think there was three or four uh, cargos sold there. Um, so, and at, and at replacement value. So I think the, the figure I saw the other day was about 310 East Coast. So it, it tells us that we are well-priced and um, you know, well-positioned to maintain what should be quite a, a busy export period 
over the next six months. And just speaking about the export period, I know that you keep quite closely in touch with, you know, some of those export movements. I mean, they must have had a pretty tough time in the last couple of years. Ex exporters need volume. Now they've got volume. Are they in a position to, to handle that and are they geared up for it or...? Well, a, a quick look at, at shipping stems uh, across the nation. I think everything is is fully booked. I don't believe there is any additional capacity at port level. Fantastic for the exporters um, if they have um, good position, you know, if they have uh, access to the stem. I think it's perhaps going to somewhat, somewhat conversely going to weigh on prices. I, I think the stem being full at between now out to probably end of January means that there is limited ability for exporters to to access the stem if there happens to be a flash sale uh, or a flash tender of, of for some new business. So, so I think that's that could potentially weigh on prices where there is no additional exporting or elevation capacity at this stage. But you know, we go out to March, April, May. You know, the gut slot of the actual exporting program, and I think we see the the shipping stem open up a little bit and. Hopefully, if um, we, we are seeing that good business, then we might sort of even find the prices kick a little from there. And just on a, on a local level, I guess, but when we first spoke to you and you're over on the... Um, Air Peninsula. Air Peninsula, yeah. Um, it was a pretty tough season. How's it panned out now? How's it... It's, uh, it's really varied, Robert. Um, there's, there's some phenomenal yields down the bottom end here, some... Um, Guys are you know you know very happy with their um, cereals and and oil seeds. Um, you know we we did have some late rain October uh, anywhere between sort of uh, seventy to you know over a hundred million places, um, which has provided some challenges. Um, a lot of crops which had um, probably shut up shop on some of the heavier ground have reshot. So. Uh, I'm hearing lots of uh, comments around coleslaw coming out the back of headers, you know, as they try and patch out uh, ripe grain and, and areas that have uh, that are still pretty green. So, so, but I think you know the the late rains have certainly um, have certainly uh, added some yield, and um, I think we're we're hopeful for for what has been a pretty tough season for sort of somewhere around average. Yeah, well, that'd be a great result now because I know, you know, when we were first talking to you early in the season, it was quite concerning about how you were just missing out on rain. So that's so to, to end up with somewhere around average is, is going to be a great result. Oh, great we result. haven't mentioned much about um, uh, canola pricing, but it's really stayed solid this year, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the, the I guess the poor production in Europe has, has really held up. Our values. I think the the poor European uh, season has has meant they're needing to, um, you know, increase or improve their their importing side of things. Uh, upwards of seven million tons will be required. Ukraine didn't have a great uh, season either, so they supplied the European Union about four four and a half million ton last year. This year, only about two to two and a half. So there's certainly opportunities for um, uh, Australian canola to make its way across uh, into into Europe and at good values. It's been great chatting, Nick, and, and as we get right into the, the, the nuts of harvest here, uh, it's great to be able to bring a bit of an insight that has a quite a positive note, I think. I think we're all thinking three months ago, well, there's plenty, as you said, there's plenty of grain in the world and we've got a, plenty coming off here that um, perhaps prices would continue to, to weaken, but we've been pleasantly surprised and I noted in one of your reports um, 
you know, you, you were actually saying that it, it didn't make a lot of sense at the time, but we're going to take it anyway. We do. Um, you know, we, we, we are fortunate. I think now that, that, you know, yields have probably improved and growers are, are able to capitalise on, um, on these values. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a rare feat. Um, timing is perfect and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's encouraging for all. Well, it's been great. All the best for the rest of your harvest over there, Nick. And, and, uh, and look, we will then start to look forward to, uh, to the next one and, and see what's happening there. And uh, if it's like this year, um, for people like you and I who look at markets, it'll be, again, interesting and challenging. Yeah, look forward to it. It'll roll around soon enough, that's for sure. Great, Nick. Thanks again. Thanks, Rob and Nick, for today's episode. It's not every year that we get an exciting grain market in a good way, so we'll take what we can. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to Commodity Conversations. If you're a fan of the podcast, we really appreciate all our listeners sharing it around, either straight from your podcast app or from Mercado's social media. Just think of it as a favour to all your mates that have long days of harvest ahead. And if any of you have topics that you'd like us to cover in the coming episodes, we'd love to hear them. Until next time, have a great week. This podcast was brought to you by the team at Mikado. Audio production by David Myers. Thank you for listening in and see you next week.